0: This episode of the Friends and Beauty Podcast is sponsored by the Friends and Beauty Podcast live event going down on April 15th, 2022, right here in the DMV area. Come out and help me celebrate the 111th episode of the Friends and Beauty Podcast. This event will feature live interviews with special guests Tiana Robinson, beauty business strategist, Keisha Taylor. CEO, founder, franchiser of Browse and Company Microblading Academy, Muslima Carpenter, makeup artist, content creator and educator, and Samuel McDuffie, mindset coach. This lineup is full of so much value and I can't wait to dive into some amazing and impactful conversations that can totally change the direction of your life or business. I can't even tell you how excited I am for this. This will be the first Friends and Beauty event since 2020 and you're definitely going to want to be in the room. Click the link in the show description to grab your ticket or head over to friendsandbeautycom events and come out and mix and mingle and network with your other Friends in Beauty and soak up all of the gems my special guests are going to share. Meet me there. I hope to see you soon. Now, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. And that's my goal now in my business is just to introduce that to people because mm. there are so many people in our communities that don't understand or know these things, right? Because we're only going off of Western medicine and what our grandparents, you know, at the time or our parents because I'll say our our grandparents were definitely on the more herbal and holistic side. Yeah. But some of us who had a demographic of parents really just tr- truly believe the doctor, whatever the doctor said, whatever the doctor prescribed. Right? And so I I try to encourage, like, even like in my generation of women in my community, they don't understand or know. And so 95% of the people that come to me have never used a natural product. Welcome to the Friends and Beauty podcast, a safe space for ambitious beauty industry creatives to have real talk, get real answers, and practical tools to grow their businesses. My name is Aqueer Robinson, and I'm a makeup artist, beauty educator, and the creator of Friends and Beauty. I created Friends in Beauty to support like-minded creatives, just like you, on their quest to connect, network, and build genuine relationships within the beauty community. Join me every week as me and my special guests reveal the keys to success and longevity in the beauty industry, and most importantly, have fun while doing it. You ready? Hey, what's up? It's your best friend in beauty, Queer Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast. I am so happy to have you here with me, and I hope you're listening to this episode in high spirits and in good health. If you are a friend in beauty, I welcome you to join the Friends in Beauty Facebook community. If you're looking for a community of like-minded, ambitious friends in beauty to virtually connect with, network, and share resources, then click the link down below in the show description to join our community and I'll be there to welcome you with open arms. Also, follow Friends in Beauty on all social media platforms, at Friends in Beauty. What I like to do is something called the Friends in Beauty Friday feature, where every Friday I spotlight a different friend in beauty and their accomplishments. So no matter how big or small you think it is, I wanna shout you out, I wanna send you some good vibes. So all you have to do is use the hashtag FIB Friday feature, tag Friends in Beauty on something that you have accomplished, and I'll share it with the community additionally the friends and beauty podcast is available on several platforms we're on apple spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, Google, YouTube, you name it. And whatever platform you are listening from right now, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning into the Friends of Beauty podcast. I truly appreciate you so much. And I would love it even further if you took the time to leave a five-star rating, a review, a comment, a like, a share, a subscribe, or something to let me know how you feel about the Friends of Beauty podcast. I would absolutely love it. And also, I have to tell you that you should join the friends and beauty mailing list tribe if you haven't already because they are the first to know about all things friends in beauty and i send out different business resources tips and advice throughout the week so if that's something that you're interested in the link for that will be in the description as well and last but not least the most important thing is to share the friends and beauty podcast with your other friends in beauty your family your friends anybody that you think could benefit from the information that is being shared Share, share, share a way to help me grow the friends and beauty community. Now, on this episode of the friends and beauty podcast, I welcome the CEO and founder of Queendom Aesthetics, Melissa Odom, to the friends and beauty guest chair. Queendom Aesthetics is the number one largest Black women-owned vegan, holistic, and wellness spa based in New Orleans and Slidell, Louisiana. Since Queendom's founding in 2015, Melissa has been able to help millions with their spa services and handmade manufactured all-natural vegan skin and body products made in-house. In that same year and again in 2019, Queendom Aesthetics was voted Best Beauty Products by various awarding agencies. And in 2020, Melissa was inducted into the only Black Spa Hall of Fame with encouragement from a few friends, What was just an interest in skincare turned into a business idea in a million dollar enterprise? Queendom grossed $1.7 million in 2020 and over $2 million during the pandemic alone by November 2021. Since 2017, Melissa has been able to organically grow her business and following without any paid advertisements or major features. She has remained a student to the business and her industry, as well as having an amazing product. I truly enjoyed this conversation with Melissa. When I say sis was dropping bars and pure gems all over the Friends of Beauty podcast, she gave some excellent advice and painted the perfect picture for what the Queendom aesthetic spa experience would be like. And I'm like so ready to hop on a flight to New Orleans like right now. So on this episode, Melissa shares how she was able to turn a product made at home for her children into a million dollar business without any paid advertisements, tips for building a personal brand separate from your business, her top tips for success for the next generation of estheticians and future spa owners, how she continues to stand out in her industry what it was like being inducted into the Black Spa Hall of Fame, and so much more. So grab something to take some notes with and definitely share this episode with another friend in beauty. Let's go ahead and jump into the chat with Melissa Odom of Queendom Up Aesthetics. And if you want to see our beautiful faces and Melissa's amazing glowing skin, then tune in on YouTube. Enjoy. Welcome to the Friends in Beauty podcast, Melissa. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Um, when Milan sent me your information, I was like, "Oh yes!" And your headshot—you were wearing my favorite color, that yellow. Oh yes, that's my signature color. Me too. Okay, perfect. That's my favorite color. today, girl, we should have collaborated with the I color. Know. Next time, next time. Absolutely. But thank you so much for um doing this. I like to start off with some icebreakers just to get us warmed up, and so the Friends of Beauty audience can get to know you outside of skincare and aesthetics and all of that. So the first one, just give us three random facts about you. Okay, three random facts about me. I absolutely love, love crawfish. Um, My favorite color is pink. Ironically, many people don't even realize it. As you can see, my wall is pink in my bedroom. Uh And um, my favorite thing to do really is nap. I come off as like a go, go, go girl, but I love a nap. So that's one fact that a lot of people don't realize about me. Mm Mm-hmm, definitely me too. I love me a good nap for sure. I have these things called pod decks. Okay. They have like crazy questions. One is a what the heck deck and one is a would you rather. Which one would you like a question out of? Uh, Would you rather. Would you rather. Give Melissa an interesting card because sometimes they'd be like, girl, who who thought about this? (laughs) Oh, this isn't bad. Okay, so would you rather blow up 100 balloons or lick 500 envelopes oh I'm gonna just blow up the 100 balloons as long as I don't have a time limit I can have it done in a day okay that's not bad 100 balloons lick 500 envelopes yeah I would do the balloons too same amount of energy right <laughs> and then like it could be like small they don't have to be blown up big right big. what a balloon size yeah, yeah yeah that's cool um what's the last place that you traveled to outside of where you live? Um, my last place I traveled was Miami. Okay, uh, January. Okay, how was that? It was great. I actually uh did a uh, panel interview uh with Milan um for I forgot the name of the interview, but it was great. It was Miami. It was sunny. It was pretty, and it was a lot of beautiful people. So I had a great time. That's awesome. What do people always tell you that you're good at aside from what you do professionally? Speaking. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, good. Many people laugh. Like, I'm just one of those all over the place laughing. I'm always energetic. So people love that about me outside of like skincare. Love that. Love that. Um, When's the last time that you did something for the first time? Oh, the last time I did something for the first time. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Mm, I feel like the last time I did something for the first time dang I can't think off the top of my head um okay well I can't say yesterday I went to a theme park with my kids and I didn't ride any rides so that was the first for me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mm-hmm see, that is the first okay um if you weren't the CEO and founder of Queendom Aesthetics what else could you see yourself doing um I can see myself maybe in banking uh, that's why I previously uh was prior to you know getting into skincare. Mm-hmm. So banking was just pretty much one of my favorite things. I love money and I love counting it and I love having access to it and understanding it. Uh-huh. So uh, that would be like where you would find me if I wasn't into skincare. Okay, what were you doing in the banking? What were you doing? Um, I was a banker. So I started out as a teller and then I started out as a personal banker. And uh, that was like my favorite thing to do just to kind of be personable and kind of, you know, explain financial literacy and get people Mm -hmm. accounts and stuff. So that was like one of my go to things that I love doing. That's pretty cool. I used to be a teller way back in the day. That was like 2006, I feel like. Oh, wow. Yeah, 2006 to 2008. And I used to work for um, Wachovia before it became Wells Fargo. Okay. And when they did that whole merger, they was letting people go. And I was one of them, honey. And I was like, you know what? I ain't never. Bye. Look at God. It worked out. Yeah, It was all for a purpose. But working in the bank, I was like, I don't know if I want to be responsible for all that money anymore. Because yeah. that was scary. That was very scary. I had a hiccup one time in a bank, girl, where I gave away like a $1,000, counting them in 50s. Mm -hmm. like 51 52 i was just like one two three i don't know what i did baby but the man wound up leaving with the money and i never forget his name was jose he came back with the money and that was just like after that i was like i don't want to be a teller anymore i don't want to deal with the money maybe i should deal with the paperwork or something god bless jose for bringing that money back girl yes thank you jose they shout out to you. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I would love to learn more about. You mentioned the bank life, but like, is that what you were doing directly before you became an esthetician? No, actually, I was working for AT and T. So I was a sales girl at AT and T. One of the number one sales girls, by the way um prior to getting into like starting my business i had always pretty much like made soap and did those things i was pretty much a hobbyist so anything that was kind of a hand making type of experience i would indulge in it uh-huh. and, but i was working at att uh you know the sales girl and i enjoyed my job i was a commission based expert where i made a lot of money so i always tell people i didn't start my business because i hated my job or anything like that i kind of got Pushed into it being a business. Mm-hmm. I, people love the products that I was developing. So I was just like, oh, well, I guess I could do this. And yeah. I found out how to pronounce esthetician and <laughs> all. And, and we're here. Nice. So, why aesthetics? Is it because you were already dealing with making products and stuff for the skin? You want to learn more about it? Yes. Um, so because I was making products, um, I was really, I was really making like a soap and a moisturizer. And so that was just like my go-to products. And so as I started to sell the products, I actually had all of my clients, my customers at the time, pushed me into becoming an esthetician. They was just like, can you do me a facial? So I'm like, girl, whatever you need. Uh-huh. So I went on YouTube, learned how to do facials. I was doing facials from my house at the time. And then I got me a little suite and was doing it. And then I got busted. They was like, girl, you got to have a license to do this. And I was like, oh, what kind of license I have to have? I thought it was just go down the city hall and get me a license. Yeah. And then I would explained the, uh, you know, esthetician. It was a career you know, providing skincare services. And so I got, I went on ahead to Aveda Institute of New Orleans. Okay. And I uh, received my certificates and my diploma and everything from there. I love that. I love that you were just like, oh, you want facials? Let me see how you do this. And I'm, I'm doing it. I do. If you asked me to do your hair, I would be like, oh, hold up, girl. Let me figure out how to do it. And I would try it. Mm-hmm. You know? Where does that come from? Like, where does that, that mm-hmm. drive or that, that okay, I'm gonna just try it come from? Honestly, I want to say I've always just in my family as a little bitty girl, I was just like the black sheep, the wild child, the one that wanted to try everything, anything. I'm one of those people that I feel like if you can do it, I can do it too. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been like this since I was a little bitty girl. I'm just going to try it, honey. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to go ahead on to the next thing. Yeah. So I've become very optimistic and uh, I will try anything once. I love that. Thank I love you. that. Oh my gosh, what was your experience like when you finished um, school for aesthetics? Did you just go work for yourself, or did you go into like your own, your own thing? What's somebody else's thing? Well, for me, um, initially when I was in school for aesthetics, I really thought that I would go work at a business, and so I was feeling empowered and inspired to go work for a black-owned business. And ironically, I was kind of pushed to the side when I um, reached out to a particular individual. I was like, hey. I'm Melissa, the name of my business at the time was Real Black Beauty. And I was like, "Girl, I would love to work for your business, be your esthetician at your spa cuz she owned the spa." And she told me she didn't think it was a good idea that I worked with her because I already had pretty much like my my skincare going on mm-hmm. two years prior to and so I was just kind of very discouraged and at that point I was just like well girl let me just try to do this on my own yes. so I graduated esthetician school in May of 2017 and then July essence weekend I opened up my first location I was just like well let me just do this and try this and girl it just worked I just I opened up my business um, clients galore was just coming to receive services. I did have a disconnect in the very, very beginning because I was selling my soap bars at the time for $5. And then here I am saying, girl, you need this hundred dollar facial. And my clients was like, Whoa, wait a minute got you um so I had to give a little to get a lot so I would do a lot of free services um I would market myself on social media like content has become like the the thing heavy now but in 2017 I was like content queen so people were like oh I'm going over to Melissa yeah and it's just the rest is just history that's that's amazing what was that process like for you opening up your um your own spa in such a short span of time from like leaving school (laughs) Literally, let me tell you, I had always, so like, I'm really big on money. Like I said, I love money. So I've always saved and had a little change in the bank. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, well, you know what? I just want to try to do this myself. So I really didn't think that I was going to get approved for the building that I got. And once I was approved, I was just like, oh, wow. So I just remember spending a lot of my idle time, my last couple of months in esthetician school, writing down things that I would need, um, looking at YouTube people, like things that they keep in their treatment room, how much does this cost? Mm -hmm. And so my entire time at school, I was able to save all of my tips and so at the very end, I want to say I wanted I had about two thousand dollars worth of tips at the end of my program. Mm-hmm. So I took that money, a little money that I have in my head in my savings, and when I spent that thousand dollars on that front desk and got the walls painted, my ex at the time helped me paint the walls. Uh, We did the floors. And so the whole project cost me, I want to say, to start about eight thousand dollars. Okay, and so that was everything that I had, girl. So I was counting on my audience to come in and buy products. So for my grand opening, I remember um, everything was like five products for fifty five dollars. And I made like ten thousand dollars that day. It was a great day. That was like my first ten thousand dollars day. I had never seen all of that in one time. And um, I was able to just put the money back into the business. And that's, ironically, that's what I've always done. Nice. Just back into the business. Nice. It was Quindam Aesthetics, the um the original name for your spa? No. Well, so yes, it was the original name for my spa. But right before graduation, I had transitioned the name from Real Black Beauties to Quindam Aesthetics. Okay. And the reason I did that was because when I was at school at Aveda, um, I kind of, I felt like Real Black Beauty put, my, put me in a box. Because I had that diversity of clients and stuff that I was meeting at Aveda. And I was just like, well, I was getting a lot of people like, hey, are your products only for Black people? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, it's for skin. And so over time, I was just like, I want to change this name. And so... In school, I remember just saying, I want a place where like women can feel empowered, invigorated. And I'm like, kings always have like a kingdom. And I was just like, I wonder about what like women need a queendom. And I was like, Queendom aesthetics. And that rolled with me ever since that. So that was in 2017 as well. I love that. Do they give you any type of like business classes when you go to school for aesthetics? It's just all about. The services. It's all about the services. It's all about the skin. There is nothing that teaches uh, towards entrepreneurship or self employment at all, mm-hmm. and so that's why now that's one of the things that I do. I teach other women of color how to prepare for opening a business. If you want to be a boot renter, if you're going to go into a business and get you some, you know, hands on experience for about a year and mm-hmm. then transition. I help people transition into opening up their own lawns or spas um because there is nothing like it really in school yeah yeah what kind of um what kind of challenges did you face with queendom aesthetics then versus now because I know it's levels Ooh. levels that was to it um one of the one of the challenges that I had starting out I want to say was trying to figure out how to make my products in larger batches Because the demand has started to kind of start to increase. Uh And so I just was, girl, it would take me six weeks to make products and ship them. And I just always say that my supporters truly love the product because they waited those six weeks patiently and Mm -hmm. it was exhausting and so that was one of the challenges really trying to figure out how to scale and produce the products in a mass amount to reach more people and now my biggest issue is really trusting and retaining a quality of employers um employees to come in and really trust to make my product for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I still prefer to do everything in-house. So I have a team that helped me manufacture at our facility, our headquarters, everything. Um, And it's just been such a struggle because everybody wants to start a skincare line. Everybody wants to be the boss. Everybody wants to, you know, do your journey in six months. Don't realize you've been doing it for six years. And so that's been very challenging for me. Yeah. So when they come in, like, are these people that, like, are already into skincare? Yeah, ironically, they end up always into skincare. Um, So I'm learning a new approach, really just trying to find people with like kitchen experience, um, because that's what really is one of the biggest things that you have to have with developing and measurements and stuff like that. But they are right now in the past, I would choose people who had an eye for beauty, who loves skincare, um, but ultimately their passion is ultimately what I'm doing. And so it becomes a conflict of interest ultimately, because it's like, Hey, maybe I could take our formula and make crystal aesthetics, you know? Right. So those are some of the challenges that I haven't experienced girl. Right. Cause I was thinking about that. Do you have some kind of like, I don't know, contract in place that they can't steal your formula? Yes, you gotta... absolutely. I have the contracts girl, but the girls don't care about the contracts because ultimately when you think about somebody that has absolutely nothing to lose Mm. it's like I will sign here you know but I have nothing to lose so me you know so I've had some weird experiences so I'm just girl just trusting that God is going what's for me is for me Mm. and what's for them for them and uh, we can probably get on one accord at some point but that's my challenge my biggest challenge right now right just finding trustworthy people who ain't gonna try to Do you for themselves? Like, do you? Don't do me. I'm the best person to do me. You're the best person to do you. There is no competition, but people are just weird. So I'm just asking God for discernment when it comes down to just bringing people into my organization because this is my baby. This is year seven for me. I've been doing this for seven years. This is not an overnight thing. And so, you know, to have somebody come and sweep something from under you and think it's okay and have no integrity, it's exhausting. Right, it really is. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, (laughs) Because, I mean, it just comes with the territory sometimes. That's how you know you got something good, too. Obviously, they want to take it. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. What was um, the reason why you started making like products, the soaps and the, the lotions? Okay. Well, ultimately I have always had challenges with my skin. So this is why you gonna always see me shiny girl. Cause I deal with eczema. Okay. Um, since I was a little bitty girl. I remember my grandmother, like putting Crisco on me when I was about six and seven years old, because I would just get so raw in the middle of my arms and my legs. Mm-hmm. And so over time, of course I learned to live with The insecurities and my imperfections of my eczema, but as I started to have my children, they would just experience such the worst case of eczema that I had ever experienced like seen and so I would take them to dermatology as I had been taught to go to and I found that the steroid creams wasn't working for them Mm -hmm. um it was causing them to really kind of get brighter than their natural skin state and that's just that didn't meet meet my aesthetic at all right so I just started to develop things for them so that's why I tell people it was really just like a household thing and then one of my homegirls was like Melissa you need to try to sell that and I was just like sell what I was like girl my black girl out of my kitchen from the hood you know when we think about black women at the time we think about the kitchen beauticians but well, we don't really at the time when I started I wasn't privileged to know anybody that made soap from their kitchen or from their house yeah um and so naturally people were like are you from Africa because I'm dark skin or what my you know my clothes and everything I'm like girl no I'm from uptown <laughs> I'm from New Orleans and um it just developed into just this, this thing. And so I remember um, in 2015, I made some soap and my friend just pushed She shoe by like, girl. You need to just go to the French quarter festival and just sell the soap. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I didn't want to sell it. So I just sliced up some little bitty pieces and bought it to the French quarter festival. It had my little like candy bags. that had my name and my phone number on it. And I just wanted to just pass in them out. And that was on a Saturday on Monday. People were calling me like, Hey, I met you at French Quarter Fest. I love this soap that you made. Can you make me a bigger bar? And I'm like, sure. Well, we're on the road. Yeah. So it's I just really go from there. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. What does it really mean? Cause I know your brand is like very specific. So what does it mean to be holistic and vegan, like in skincare? Okay, so what it means to me to be holistic and vegan is really having integrity with the ingredients, um, with our products for sure, no pesticides, no chemicals, nothing that can sustain shelf life two years or longer, that's not natural, nothing natural can sit on the shelf for two years. And then ultimately, holistically, really just touching the mind, body, and spirit spirit Mm -hmm. we are so broken internally when when our skin is just not where we want it to be and holistic really means the whole body so if I can treat your skin and make you feel great then you feel better on the inside and then you're able to walk better and feel better and speak better and so holistically skincare for me is just generally that treating the whole body mind body and spirit because when we glow on the outside it's true that when you look good you feel good and so that's what holistic is for me in my brand Absolutely. And I love that the products because eczema has been a thing for a long time. And it, it only seems like recently, there have been like advances in people are like really starting to clear up their skin because for a long time, I always thought it was like you couldn't clear it up because my sister had eczema really bad when we were younger. Yeah she was actually born with it. And the same thing, like in her joints, like everywhere, she would scratch that thing till it was like bleeding. Hey, that was me, girl. Those steroid creams used to make it worse. So I remember my mom trying different like herbal remedies and things that would like kind of calm it down uh, for the time being. But I love that. Like it's so many different advances for helping people with eczema, like clear up their skin and everything. There are so many. And, you know, I really and that's my goal now in my business is just to introduce that to people because Mm -hmm. there are so many people in our communities that don't understand or know these things. Right. Because we're only going off of Western medicine and what our grandparents, you know, at the time, or our parents, because I'll say our grand our grandparents were definitely on the more herbal and holistic side. Yes. But some of us who had a demographic, of parents really just tr- truly believed the doctor, whatever the doctor said, whatever the doctor prescribed, right? And so. I try to encourage like even like in my generation of women in my community they don't understand or know and so 95 percent of the people that come to me have never used a natural product that's like one of my favorite things to ask when someone dms me like hey i'm having problems with my skin i'm like okay cool i can definitely help you send me over some photos Mm -hmm. they send the photos i say well have you ever used a natural product before and they're like no never whatever i've been going to dermatology all my life and so i give them a little history of what to expect it won't be an overnight process um this is what to expect these are the ingredients and these are what they're best used for and this is how we can trick your skin yeah yeah what kind of um products do you have in your inventory now um right now products we have we have products for every single skin disorder right now when it comes down to eczema psoriasis um acne and hyperpigmentation um some of our favorite ingredients of course are shea butter turmeric tea tree oil which is antibacterial is my favorite also coconut oil is which is also antibacterial is another one of my favorite product um ingredients um a lot of different herbs mugwort herbs um calendula rose petals lavender we use all of those in our formulas to really help repair and heal the skin Mm -hmm. i love that i was um just randomly thought about this other lady i interviewed um she has a a rooftop a rooftop botanical garden where she like grows all of her ingredients for her products I don't know. I just randomly thought about her. I aspire. That's what I aspire to be and do is really to like grow my own herbs so it can really be like directly from me, right? Because right now I'm coming from the middleman. I don't mm-hmm. even get my stuff from the source, I get it from the middleman. So I would love to be the source. So overall, that's one of my like long term goals is to have my own farm and grow my own herbs and everything. Yeah. And you have a full service spa too. Like, how, how many employees do you have? Um, in total, I have a total of 13 employees. Um, I actually just opened up my second location um, in Slidell, Louisiana. So we're in New Orleans and we're also in Slidell. Uh, we provide facial services, waxing, teeth whitening services, bee steam, luxury full body exfoliation experiences, um, a sauna. We offer luxury lunches, wine, water, mimosa, tea. We like the mental spot here in Louisiana. I love I need to come down there. You Are you coming down for Essence? I didn't plan to, but I think this is going to be a great year and you should definitely come down and just kind of stop by the spot for sure. And just kind of put a face to the name, right? You hear queendom, but it's nothing like really coming into our facility and really even the experience from coming in and purchasing one of our products is an experience Yeah, like from the Hey queen, welcome in, um, from the in-person consultations immediately to the history and buying your product. Everyone leaves out feeling like amazing. Just with a like a store purchase. Nice. How did you develop, I guess, how you wanted that experience to be for your clients when they came to Queen Queendom Aesthetics? Um, for me, honestly, I've always loved self-care. I've loved spas. I've been going to spas since uh, I was about 18 years old. And so Over time, I would just travel to different places and visit different spas. And I would look at things that I absolutely loved, or looked at things that, damn, I wish they had this, I wish they had that. And so for me, I was just, and when I would go to these spas, ironically, I didn't see many women of color. I would go to these places, and I was probably the one Black girl um, in the whole, you know, environment. And so I was like, man, I really would love to offer this to women of color. Um, so they can just see that, like we have, we enjoy luxury and it doesn't have to break the bank. And so over time, over the spaces that I, you know, visited, I decided that, Hey, I wanted this to go like this. Um, I wanted a spa concierge. So when you first come in, if you have a spa experience, I have a spa concierge that treats you and brings you to every last one of your um, appointments. And so that was something that I had really never seen somebody waiting at the door, waiting to wrap my hair for me, um, waiting to put my things in my locker for me. Um, bring me my food right here while I'm sitting in the spa, cleaning those things up for me, asking me if I wanted more wine, you know, just walking me to the bathroom, not telling me where the bathroom is. Mm. And so I just kind of really just kind of looked at how I wanted to be treated in a spa environment. And I just fed off of that. That sounds freaking dope. <laughs> like me, <and> my <laughs> friends have been talking about New Orleans or visiting New Orleans for like a year or so, but I'm definitely coming down soon, sometime this year. Definitely, you're going to love it. I love that. Oh my gosh. So how are you able to expand to being a million dollar business without doing any ads and influencer marketing? Well, and, and so that's one of my favorite things. i tell you, sometimes you start making this money and you don't even realize you've made it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I've just always been a powerhouse with advocating for my business. I would be anywhere and everywhere and I'm going to spark up a conversation um, with someone about my business. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it really, and I tell people my growth is really from word of mouth and really just kind of being on social media and just advocating, advocating it was to a point where people felt like, damn, she's talking about her business so much. Let me just go over there and just see, you know? And a lot of people have just given given me an opportunity just from me advocating for my business. And I've been able to retain those customers and those clients just from that. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, it feels great to say I haven't, you know, ran ads then and I didn't have all of these different things in place, just generally hiring the right team, right, and training them properly so that we can continue to retain those clients, getting those orders out in a timely manner, Um, asking our customers, sending out those emails like, hey, refer your, you know, your family members and friends. Don't, you know, forget to tell people how great you look, the company that, you know, assisted you with that. And just kind of telling my clients what I needed from them ultimately just grew my business and scaled it to that million dollar phase. That's amazing. What is the mindset of promoting yourself that way? Because a lot of people may see A lot of people feel like, oh, I'm bragging about myself or maybe I'm posting too much. They're going to get tired of me. People have so many excuses as to why they don't show up and like advocate real, like go hard for advocating for their business. So what's the mindset that you have um, behind that? It's like your kids, like the motivation, like I got to do this. Yeah, Um, for me, I think really my mindset is once I realized that I had a product, when people were walking up to me in a mall crying like, oh, my God, Melissa, your products changed my life. I was like, I could never go back. Like, this is such an invigorating experience to be out in public with my kids and somebody walking up to me crying saying your soap changed my life it made me feel so much better about myself mm-hmm. that's one of the things that that keeps me motivated naturally um my kids don't keep me motivated because i'm old. i gotta do what i gotta do for them anyways whether yeah. i was million dollar melissa whether i was Queen Them aesthetics whether i was any of these things i've always been a great mom and been motivated but it's the fact that i'm changing lives and people feel so empowered to really relay that to me Because sometimes we feel empowered by someone or somebody has inspired us or helped us in a way and we don't be vocal about it, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's not as vocal. And so for someone who's not as vocal to feel empowered to like express themselves, I'm like, wow, that's dope so I just can't go back I just I can't see me doing anything else I always say girl they would have to drag me into a job yes me remorsely because I just can't do it I love doing what I do and it it just it makes me feel great as a woman just you know treating women and primarily I say women because that's 95% of my business Mm -hmm. we have about 5% of men we help children kids and everything but majority is the women I love that how does one get inducted into the Black Spa Hall of Fame? I was telling my friend about it earlier. She was like, what? They have that? Like, when did this start? Girl, I don't even know. So um, the founder of the organization, her name is Candice Holyfields. Her name is six. Uh, her organization is called uh, the Spa Boss Tribe. Okay. And so it's a network of, when I tell you, thousands of Black women who are in the spa industry. And so she developed the Spa Hall of Fame. And- Literally, she was just like, I want to induct you into the Spa Hall of Fame because I've seen your work. i watch watched you grow your business. I've seen you be so consistent with treating people, you know, from spa to skincare. That's a lot. And so she just really wanted to honor me. And I was just very blessed to be one of those people, you know, because my work definitely speaks for itself. I tell people I don't have to really run behind clientele. People come to me because they hear that I'm doing great things in the community. They hear that I'm doing great things for skincare and women of color. So um, my work just spoke for itself and I felt like I was deserving girl. So she did that. Yes, I deserve. Okay. I deserve. deserve. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's so cool. I think one of the things that I know I struggle with sometimes is like, how to share myself as a personal brand separate from like my business. Is that something that you are successfully navigating? I <laughs> am no, I am definitely successfully navigating that now. Um, in the beginning, I was just queendom aesthetics mm-hmm. and I had to show up as queendom aesthetics. I felt like I couldn't. It's so ironic because I felt like I couldn't share a personal side of me when my business is built off this personal side of me. And Mm -hmm. so once I came to grasp, like, hey, Um, I can definitely be a personal brand. I really want to separate. I don't want my face to just be the only thing that Queendom represents. And so ironically, I just started to maneuver um, my name and the way that I express myself and the things that I showed on a different platform. So I kept it very professional on Queendom Aesthetics. And I was with the shits over here on Million Dollar Melissa, like, hey, this is what keeps people empowered. This is what keeps people motivated. And so I was able to like successfully separate the too with people saying girl i love seeing melissa and her kids and her stories um i love to see her just dressed up in regular clothes eating at a restaurant um mm. talking because i'm always dropping a gym. and so that's what keeps people magnated to me because they're like every time she opens her mouth i'm going to learn something yeah and so ironically on the million dollar melissa i rarely speak about skincare i just speak about business entrepreneurship growing, mentorship, financial literacy, all of those things. And when I'm on Queendam Aesthetics, I'm speaking about moisturizing and skincare and exfoliating. Mm -hmm. So really figuring out how to write that down. And these are the topics that I want to keep on pat with your personal brand and then also with your professional brand. Um, You can do it. Mm -hmm. You just got to really be intentional with it. And sometimes you may have to take a step back from one to really build up the other right right i love that thank, thank you thanks somebody, for sharing that put somebody in place though to kind of manage that over there so you won't fall short yeah thanks for sharing that because i got like three instagram pages two two of which are active like i'm actively on like my personal Aqueer robinson and then friends and beauty but okay. queer robinson was like never a personal page i started it when i started doing makeup so okay. it's like i always used to post more makeup stuff but now i'm like i want to share more myself like I mean, I do post stuff in my stories, and I post, you know, stuff on my feed sometimes. But I'm like, I kind of wanted to move towards like lifestyle, sort of, and then leave friends and beauty for, you know, friends and beauty. But we'll see. Right, and and that's where it is now. Like lifestyle, people are really people are more vested in your lifestyle than your your brand. Mm-hmm. And so, how do we tie the two by saying, "Hey, I'm able to have friends and beauty because I'm so magnificent over yeah. here as." who I am. Yeah. Right? So everything is so beautiful here. I love my lifestyle here and I want to share this with other women how they can also have this lifestyle. People love the lifestyle. If if I didn't make a million dollars and didn't talk about a million dollars, nobody would want to hear from million dollar Melissa. Yeah. So really sharing those um those growths, um those growing pains and all of that and it always falls back to over there because you cannot be friends and beauty without being who you are first right so that's how I keep it yes I love that okay okay I receive it I receive it okay <laughs> so what are some spa trends um that future estheticians should be looking out for like future estheticians and spa owners what's going on in 2022 oh right now what I am so let me tell you I am not I'm a trendsetter I don't really follow the trends Mm -hmm. Um, I don't because I feel like the trends are just pretty much a fad and I really want longevity like I love to say I've been in business for seven years so many people that want to follow the trends are temporary Mm -hmm. and so I see it I I I, I can't get with it so I can't get with I'm not a tiktoker I'm not a dancer pop lock and drop it like I'm really the expert so I like to show how I'm the expert these are the things these are my tips but what I'm finding right now is just really growing a tiktok um, really kind of really, I think more or less, the biggest trend right now is entertainment. Mm-hmm. If you can entertain um the audience, then you can gain the audience. And mm-hmm. so now you have to be able to be intellectual enough to retain the customer. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people are getting the customers from um, entertaining, right? But not many people are retaining. And so those are the, some of the things that I teach and I, you know, have topics on with my mentees. Like, hey, you can get all of these people, but are you going to keep all of these people? Or, what percentage of these people do you want to keep? Yes. So identifying what those trends are and don't be afraid to say, hey, this trend is not for me. Mm-hmm. So that's what we need to look out for 2022 saying, Hey, this trend may not be for me. I like this trend. Let me hop on. So being able to, you know, be like decipher, decipher, which is going to be the best trend for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not a dance. I mean, I can dance in real life, but sometimes I might feel like dancing, but I just want to get on and teach right. people. Just want to, I want to be impactful, not influenced. Yeah. I I don't desire to be an influencer. I truly desire to just be impactful because guess what? That influencer, they canceling you in Mm -hmm. 5.5 seconds. But when you're impactful, sometimes people going to hold back on the cancel culture for you because you've been so impactful, right? just kind of desiring, what do you want to be? Do you want to be an influencer? Nothing is wrong with it. The influencers are making a bag, but um, do you want to be impactful and have, you know, what does your history say um, for you now, 20 years from now? So it ain't going to be the influencers. It's going to be the ones who are, have been impactful. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So based off of your experience so far, your seven years, um, what are like some tips that you can give future estheticians or spa owners? um for being successful in business um for sure one tip that i would definitely get to give to spa owners and estheticians is really do your thorough research um i know we want to be given so much right now handed a ebook and handed a vendor list but truly doing your research and identifying who do you want to be what type of esthetician do you want to be there are so many there are like medical estheticians holistic estheticians lash tech estheticians makeup artist estheticians mm. identify who you want to be and be that. And if, you know, we all have a purpose and our seasons change and if things need to transition for you, um, be purposeful in your transition. Um, for sure, um another tip I would have honestly is um to be serious about your business don't you don't want to be a fad you don't want to be temporary you want to be able to say girl i'm in year seven in my business so with that you really have to be very intentional with what you want to do managing your money properly um investing it in the things that you may need the most in your business over what you may want the most in your personal life. Because sometimes a lot of women who are jumping into business, once we start making a little money, we don't understand how to sacrifice for the betterment for the business. All we're thinking about is I worked so hard. I deserve this bag. No, you deserve more inventory in your business. So go and get two bags. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's some advice as well. And then number three, um, I would honestly say f- copy the right cat, follow the right leader for sure and identify who that is for you, because so many of us will see so many influencers and so many um, impactful people. And now we can't even stay on a straight and narrow because we're trying to follow everybody that we see. So find you an impactful person or an influencer and really identify who they are. See if they really have the integrity levels that you desire to have mm-hmm. and follow that. So you got to follow the right cat. That's my last little tip, girl. I love that. That is a bar. Copy the right cat. Okay. <laughs> Copy the right cat. I love it. Oh yeah. my God. So yeah. Melissa, at the end of the day, like what are you working on your legacy to be? What do you want people to say about you? Oh, I want my legacy, number one, to be that I just... Offered the most amazing skincare products in the world. Like I want to be like the Madam C. J. Walker of skincare, so where that name rings bells. So when I'm gone and they're saying Melissa Odom, I remember Melissa Odom, the CEO of Queendom Aesthetics. Um, I want my children to feel empowered to let that business continue to reign, um, as it should, you know. So that's why I'm teaching them and coaching them on being beauty experts or understanding financial literacy in the business because I have three daughters. Mm-hmm. all three don't want to be an esthetician one is really good with money one is really good with speaking and so one wants to be an esthetician so really just kind of developing them into my mini-me's and being whoever they are so that they can continue to grow my legacy um for sure and then I just really want to be like girl the girl that just made everybody laugh girl like damn we <laughs> miss Melissa girl Melissa used to keep us laughing keep us smiling uh-huh. that's what I want my legacy to be based on I love that you got three little queens. I love there are that three queens and they are total opposites, all three of them, girl. You would think they got different daddies or something. They are different people. <laughs> I love that. Keep you keep you busy, keep you on your Absolutely. toes. Keep me on my toes. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's next for you in um Queendom Aesthetics? Um, right now um what's next for me is one of the biggest goals that I have for myself is really developing um a full training institute. Um, to teach um, estheticians about starting a business, the, the continuing education, um, the literacy portion of it, what that looks like, how to truly build a business, mm-hmm. if you desire to do that. So I want to own like one of the best beauty institutes um, in the world. Um, I, I like I really aspire to have like an beta like right where there are just Queen Queendom Aesthetics Academies all over the world. And so that's what I'm working on now is just really trying to figure out what that looks looks like for me what that's going to take how much energy time and money uh, the people that I'm going to need to reach those goals because of course when we have these big old goals we need a team yeah. and so um, I'm working on that so where pen meets paper it's going down and so at some point I'll be able to start to put those things into development because right now everything that I'm really doing is virtual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love and I love that you said it on the podcast so when you do it I'm yeah. going to rewind this. I'm like, she said it on the Friends of Beauty podcast. did. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Like, I already know when I listen back to this, I'm like, bar, bar. That was a bar. I love, yeah. I love <laughs> all of the gems. Some little quotes, Some little quotes popping yes. up. Though. Yes. I love all of the gems that are um, sprinkled throughout here. But before you go, I have to ask you the Friends of Beauty rapid fire questions. Okay. So whatever comes first to your mind, just spit it out. Okay. So the first one in your opinion what are the top three keys to your success so far um believing that there's money in my mouth um being confident and also not being afraid those are the three things that are key to my success cool and how do you measure your success um i measure my success by really the amount of people that i'm helping Mm -hmm. okay what's the best advice you've ever received Oh, the best advice I've ever received was to um, pick up a wrapper that I had dropped that went to my soap. This was years ago. A guy saw me drop something and I didn't pick it up. And he said, you need to pick that up because if one day you're going to be missing one little string to tie that soap. <laughs> and that was like the best advice. So I don't, if little any little thing, I'm picking it up, I'm keeping it, I'm saving it because you never know when that last thing you're going to need it. Okay. Okay. What advice could you give to another spa owner who's maybe business is not doing as well as they wanted to do? Like what what kind of advice would you, would you give to them? Um, the advice that I would give to them is really go and sit back and dissect your business. Go see what is not working and then go ask your clients and your customers, why is this not working? Ask them, what is it that they want? What is it that they need? Because sometimes we try to offer things to people that we like, that we want to offer. And that's not what our audience wants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what's a resource that helps you in your business that she can share with the Friends and Beauty community? Okay, a resource that helps me in my business. Honestly, I want to say um, in the spa industry, I will say that the Six Figure Spa Chick Instagram page mm-hmm. keeps be um very i feel very resourceful over there when it comes down to business credit um things to do in spa industry things not to do things that can make me better it would be six Figure five chicks instagram page okay i just like i've heard her name so many times on the podcast i'm gonna have to just get her on here you're gonna have to you will love her she's amazing <laughs> okay okay and the last one i just want you to fill in the blank and say my name is blank and the key to longevity and success is whatever you think it is okay go okay um my name is Melissa Odom and um, the key to longevity and success to me is truly understanding what you want for your life and implementing those things and finding strategies that work best for you in your business and your potential success I love you you're so amazing (laughs) (laughs) thank you You are so amazing. Before you go, share your social media information or website, wherever you want people to find to connect with you. Um, absolutely. So first and foremost, because I'm really big on trying to build my personal brand, um, you guys can find me on Instagram at million dollar underscore Melissa. So just as you would spell it, million, dollar, underscore, my name is spelled M-E-L-I-S-S-A. You guys can also secondarily follow me on Queendom Aesthetics for all of the best natural skincare and amazing spa experiences here in Louisiana, which is Queendom. Aesthetics, queendom underscore aesthetics uh, for sure. And then to stay connected with me, you can text skinqueen to 31996 to get a part of my text community where you will get access to deals, specials, classes, business tips, skin tips, and all things beauty. I wish I had something to show you right now because Skin Queen is like my my nickname. And okay. I have like a whole brand with like Skin Queen, like masks, shirts, all types of stuff. I need that, I need to get some of your merch. I love that, Skin Queen, yay. Thank yes. you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you. And I know that people are gonna be eating up that Louisiana accent when they listen to it. They, they love a New Orleans accent okay perfect well I look forward to just really connecting with everybody and I really appreciate this opportunity thanks for listening to the friends in beauty podcast don't forget, sharing is caring. Share this episode with at least one friend in beauty, and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts so that other friends in beauty can find this show. Plus, we'd love to hear your feedback. Connect with us on all social media platforms at friends and beauty hashtag friends and beauty to join the conversation, and join our friends and beauty Facebook community to stay connected. Talk to you soon.